Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We've dove in, pun intended, to the book of Jonah, and we're looking at this interesting story about this prophet. Most of the prophetic books, at least the the latter prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the 12 minor prophets, most of them have to do with what the prophet was sent to proclaim, and that's what they record for us. But Jonah records the story of what it looked like for Jonah, whom God called to proclaim something, what it took for God to actually get him there. We, We find an incredible amount of sin that, frankly, we can identify with in Jonah if we let ourselves. So let me pray for us, and then we'll look at Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the honest pictures of people in your word. We thank you for the the, the glorious picture of your relentless pursuing grace that we find in your word. We ask, Father, that you would strengthen us as we look at your word now, that we might understand it, that we might believe it, and that we might walk according to it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, we read this. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give us a thought that we may not perish. Well, as we continue on in this story, and again, I realize it's a very familiar story. Sometimes in such familiar stories, it's good for us to to stop and pause and and move through them slowly and notice details that we have a tendency to skip over. And we see one right here at the beginning. It shows up both in the Hebrew and in the English. In chapter 1, verse 3, we see that Jonah, twice it says in verse 3, sought to flee from the presence of the Lord. And that's where verse 3 ends. He got on on the boat to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. And then verse 4 begins with, but the Lord. It's this bold reminder that Jonah was seeking to do something that really was quite impossible. We see this in Psalm 139 verse 7 and following. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? It's the same verb to flee from the presence of Yahweh. It's a very similar construction. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Of course, this is the point that is being made in part in this section. That Jonah sought to flee from the presence of the Lord, but this was very much a fool's errand. 
We, we can't do that. He is omnipresent to use the big, fun, theological language. Unlike the gods that are, are the conception of, of the divine and the gods in the ancient Near East where each god had his, you know, kind of uh, local area that he stayed in, his jurisdiction. And if you could get out of his jurisdiction, you were free. That's not how the God of the Bible is presented. Rather, he is the God of all creation. So as Jonah seeks to flee from the presence of the Lord, the Lord meets him in his fleeing. And he hurls this great wind upon the sea. He brings this incredible storm so that this boat that Jonah is trying to flee from God's presence in is threatening to break up. It's a bad situation. This cargo ship is being tossed and torn, and is about to go down. And so these sailors, undoubtedly they were skilled sailors, they are scared. Rightly so. They're caught in the middle of an epic storm here. And so they begin to pray, each one, it says, calling out to his God. Unlikely, these were all calling to the same God. Probably these were a collection of men that had come together for this work and they all had their own local deity and they were all calling out to him. But it wasn't getting anywhere. And so they're hurling the cargo, their moneymaker, they're throwing it into the water, trying to to get the ship lighter so that they can survive. They're doing everything they can so that they can survive this storm. Jonah, on the other hand, we read, had gone down to the bottom of the boat and was fast asleep. So the captain comes to him and says, and he calls him, you sleeper. What, what do you mean, you sleeper? And then he gives, the captain gives Jonah a command that echoes the command of God. Arise, call out to your God. The Lord, of course, in verse 2 had said, arise, it's the same verb, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out concerning it or against it. Now the captain is saying, don't, don't call out on behalf of your God. Call out to him. Arise and call out. Jonah can't escape this command on his life. The captain, of course, is seeking to live. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we might not perish. Now, we see a number of interesting things in this. We've already pointed out the... the the literary setting up that as Jonah flees from the presence of the Lord, the very next thing is, but the Lord was right there. This reminds us of that passage in Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God. See, it's a very similar idea, this 
Pauline idea that we find in Ephesians 2 as what we see unfolding in the story in Jonah. Jonah was following his own way, seeking to flee from the presence of the Lord, but Yahweh was not going to let him. Similarly, we are dead in our sins, following our own way, following the prince of the darkness, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. See, it's easy to look at the book of Jonah and see God hurling this storm on the sea only as punishment. But when we read this story in light of the bigger picture of who God is, we start to see that this relentless pursuit of Jonah by the Lord is truly a picture of his grace. Jonah sought to flee, but the Lord. And so all of a sudden, we, we begin to find comfort in this story. We begin to see that God doesn't actually just let his people run away. Whoever the Lord calls to himself, he will give to Christ, and Christ will lose none. There's comfort here. And there's particular comfort here because as we look at Jonah's cavalier and sinful attitude, just like we saw that he was a sympathetic character, not in the sense that what he was doing was right, but in the sense that we can identify with the position he's taking. So we find his sinful and cavalier attitude towards the will of God all too familiar. We've been there, haven't we? When we know the right thing to do, when we know what it is that God in his word and by the inner testimony of the Spirit is calling us to do, but we don't want to do it. And so often what we do is we adopt this cavalier attitude. I'm just doing me. And that's how we try to approach life. What comfort there is to know that when we, like Jonah, try to take on such a cavalier attitude, try to act as if, ah, oh, I'm just doing my thing, as if somehow that's a good idea, we have these gracious words, but the Lord. How comforting it is to know that even in our sin, he pursues us according to his will. See, that's the kind of God that we must have. One who comes after us in our sin. That's the kind of God Jonah needed. It's the kind of God Yahweh is. And so even as we read this story and we find Jonah to be this sympathetic character, we find Yahweh to be exactly who we need him to be. 
one who pursues sinners, one from whom we can't flee his presence, one who works to bring us back to himself. When one sheep flees, he leaves to get him. What grace we find in the relentless pursuit of sinners by Yahweh. Might we learn to rest in his grace and walk in his will rather than fleeing from it. Thank you.